What's kicking, me amigos y amigas? This is Tim Kanak from the Fancy Ace Ball Podcast, and this is week eight. This week, we're going to uh, get into some deep prospect stuff because we're starting to see some major prospect call-ups and some of our top prospects from the beginning of the year have graduated from being prospects. So we're going to be getting into some deep prospect stuff if you like to listen to that sort of thing. And if you're listening to a fantasy baseball podcast, I'm assuming that, like me, you love learning about the prospects and trying to guess which ones are going to be that next one, Soto, and uh, which ones are going to be Jared Kalanick and Bust. Um, still young, though. So we are going to get into some of that. There were some major injuries this week. And also, I have my favorite team name that I've ever invented. And I sent this over to the CBS guys, who I'm in some leagues with. And if you're ready for it, here it is. Teoscar Meyer Weimer. Like Oscar Meyer Weiner. Teoscar Meyer Weimer. Uh, I think you actually say Joey Weimer's name, like Weimer, not Weimer. But to make this work, Teoscar Meyer Weimer. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought about it when I was listening to the CBS podcast when I was working out. And uh, I love it. So anyway, <laughs> um, let's get into the roster notes. Biggest news of the weekend, Baltimore Orioles promoted top prospect catcher Ali Rutschman. So he made his debut the other day to the majors. And I would expect G-Rod and D.L. Hall are not too far behind him. I'm assuming G-Rod is going to be a bit closer because he's been in AAA longer and Hall is coming off an injury. Um, even though... Hall is a little older. I think he also has is more of an injury risk, so perhaps they want Hall's bullets to come up first uh, before something happens because he's a lefty who throws 100. We'll get a little more into Hall, I guess, a little later in the podcast. But um, Orioles moving Rutschman up. Uh, they already moved Bradish up, so maybe we'll see G-Rod next, Hall next, and Stowers and all these other guys are going to start coming up, I think, by the end of the season. The Orioles roster is going to look completely different than it did at the beginning of the season. And now Boston Red Sox. Trevor Story's alive, guys. Three-homer game. Woke him up. He's destroying baseballs. If you haven't seen it, like, he's just screaming, like, when he and he destroyed those homers, too. But Trevor Story's alive. He had, another, he had a grand slam the following day. So um, Story, Story is back. We got some Trevor Story, a Trevor Story signing in Boston, and uh, let's see if he continues this run. Chicago White Sox have gone six-man rotation. Uh, I really don't know why. I don't think I've ever seen Tony Larusa do six-man rotation before, and one of those starters is Vince Velasquez. So why? I mean, I've followed Velasquez like his whole career basically since he was traded in that Ken Giles trade. And I just don't understand why he's still a starter. If he was a reliever, he'd probably be really good. But instead, he's like a crappy starter. So, I don't know. I guess you need your innings at your eaters. But I think he could be a really effective reliever if he wasn't a number 5-6 starter for teams. Uh, Cleveland Guardians. Josh Naylor is back from the IL. And, yeah, I put it. Sorry, put in, if you read the article on Friends with Fantasy Benefits, I put Indians. It's uh, going to be a little tough habit to break. <laughs> but, uh, I've been calling them the Cleveland Indians forever, and then we've got the movies. But come on, come on. The Guardians now. Josh Naylor is back from the IL. Um, he hasn't played yet. And Quan seems to be in a platoon right now. So cause he's not really hitting lefties. So just a couple of roster notes. Uh, Naylor should be back in the lineup today. This is Sunday morning when I'm recording this. Um, Detroit Tigers lost another one of their guys potentially in their rotation. Their best guy, Tariq Skubal, he got hit by a comebacker. We'll get into his injury notes later, but just be on the lookout for that because Mize and Manning are already out. They have already called up Fado, Fido, whatever you want to say, whatever his name is, Fado, Fido. Uh, and then Torque starts is, is starting to get on a little bit it looks like he's starting to catch on a little bit so watch torque he might start breaking out in the next couple weeks here 
Houston Astros lost Jake Odorizzi, and now are back down to a five-man rotation, it looks like. Uh, Kansas City Royals moved Bobby Witt to third in the order uh, with Salvi out. And MJ Melendez is now the starting everyday catcher with Salvi hitting the IL. Los Angeles Angels have a first half of their lineup is pretty good. If you look at their lineup, like the first five guys are like all, all stars. And then the second half is just like meh. And uh, it's too bad Joe Adele can't play middle infield because that's really where they need help with the bats. Um, they're a really good team. They could be even better if they had very good middle infielders, but instead they have like some, they've got Vasquez, defense first guy, speed guy. Uh, and it is what it is. Can't have a, not everyone can be the Los Angeles Dodgers. And last AL team, the Minnesota Twins. Um, Carlos Correa is back. And weird move, they sent Royce Lewis down. So the thing is, apparently Lewis has only played shortstop pretty much in his minor league career. They don't want to move Correa off short which I don't understand because Correa is already hinting at opting out after the season. So if that was to happen, why not just move Correa to third, like what happened with Machado, keep Lewis a shortstop because he's probably your long-term shortstop if you're the Twins, and move forward because Lewis is cranking. He went down to the minors and had a stolen base and home run in his first game back. So I don't get it. Uh, NL. Arizona Diamondbacks, we've got Alec Thomas still hitting ninth, even though he's like already their third best hitter to Ketel Marte and Varsho. He's uh, hitting like 333 with a few homers already, so I don't really get that, but uh, he should be at the top of the order. Like, if I'm the Diamondbacks, my lineup is going Varsho, Thomas, Marte, so, and Walker. Um, but hey, it is what it is, because they're trying to take the pressure off the rook. He's already shown he's good enough and also, he has a coming. He's coming from a background. I believe his dad was a major leaguer, so uh, shouldn't affect him as much as other rookies because he's been around the ball club environment his whole life. Atlanta Braves uh, got Tucker Davidson back in the rotation, and I still think Albie should be hitting second because he has been struggling since he dropped in the order. And I think the way to fix it would be to move him back higher in the order and get someone behind him, like Olsen or something who gets him some fastballs. Um, but that's what I would do if I were the Braves manager. Cincinnati Reds, just st- completely stay away from this closing situation. Because they can't even win anyway. And even if they could, like their guy, something happened to Warren this year. He's not very good. And Sims has been hurt the whole year. And he, when he was playing, he got blown up. So I would just stay completely away from that situation. Colorado Rockies. Uh, Chris Bryant returned to the lineup on Saturday from the I.L. Looks weird still. I'm watching him play with the Rockies, and it's, it just looks really weird to see him in a non-Cubs uniform, especially the Rockies. Uh, very weird. Uh, Miami Marlins. Um, right when I thought that Max Meyer was going to be coming up, he gets hurt. We'll get a little bit more into that. Place on the minor league IL, and Lazardo is on the IL. So. And then Cabrera just threw an 11 strikeout game, so he might be the next guy up. Um, I don't really get into him in my prospect thing, so I wanted to mention him here because I I think I took him off as a prospect because I think he's still technically a prospect. But he was in the major league team last year, and he's been up and down, up and down. So um, I didn't really want to include him as a prospect, even though I think technically he still is. New York Mets rotation is looking pretty thin all of a sudden due to some injuries. Uh, Tyler McGill and Max Scherzer, we'll get a little more into that in the injury notes. Philadelphia Phillies, JT Realmuto started the season at leadoff, and now he's hitting eighth, and he is not looking good. I've been watching him, and he's just not looking good in his at-bats. A lot of, like, strikeouts on a third pitch called, like not even swinging. So he just, like, looks out of it right now. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates are kind of like the Orioles of the National League. They're on the verge of... Going from terrible team to interesting team. Um, they've got the, the option to call up Rowanzi soon. O'Neill Cruz, Cal Mitchell, Nick Gonzalez. They've got some interesting guys in the minors. They can make this a pretty fun team. San Diego Padres signed Robinson Cano. He's playing. I don't really get that. Uh, and then rotation news. We were saying when Snell and 
Clevenger come back. We don't know what they're going to do, but they moved Gore and Martinez both to the bullpen. So uh, I don't know how they're going to keep them stretched out unless they just move them both to like Spencer Strider role, where maybe one will piggyback Snell and one will piggyback um, what's his face Clevenger. That'd be kind of cool. Just have both of them pitch three innings out of the bullpen behind those guys every day. I don't know. That would that'd be interesting. Uh, and the last team we're going to talk about on the roster notes is the St. Louis Cardinals. They brought up Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor, best friends for life. Uh, pretty cool story, really. Cardinals traded for Libertor. Gorman and Libertor were like best friends growing up, blah, blah, blah. Now they were in the same organization and get promoted at the same time. Like, pretty cool. Um, but the Cardinals now going to six-man rotation, it looks like. If I were Marmol, which I'm not, I would probably make Jordan Hicks my Spencer Strider type pitcher and have him pitch like three innings because he's really good. If you watch some Jordan Hicks, he's really good for a few innings, like two, three innings, and then he just starts getting blown up. I don't think he's going to become a five, six inning pitcher. I know they're trying to turn him into like Rasmussen, but he throws so hard, and I don't, he's been in the bullpen and hurt so much. But I just don't really see it. I think he'd be better off just being like a three-inning piggyback Spencer Strider, Aaron Ashby type. Um, but hey, especially behind Libertor. Like a big lefty with breaking balls and then follow him up with 105 from the bullpen. But that's what I would probably do. Now, let's get into some injury notes. We have Nick Lodolo from the Reds. He's throwing now, but still appears to be a couple weeks away from a return. I had to be back sooner than that, but guess not. Jose Barrero, shortstop with the Reds. I think a lot of you probably forgot he even existed, but he was on my radar early in the season before his injury. He should be back very soon. So if you need a shortstop, this is someone to have on your radar in deep leagues, Jose Barrero. Jonathan India should be back this upcoming week with the Reds. With the Rockies, Bryant is back. I just said that. Uh... Astros, we got Lance McCullers Jr. ramping up throwing, and he should be back around mid to late June. So, I mean, he's on like a three or four week timeline right now, probably closer to four weeks. He's got to get some rehab starts in, probably three or four rehab starts, probably four, five, maybe even five. Uh, so, McCullers is going to be back in a little bit if you drafted him and held him. Salvi Perez already mentioned he hit the IL with a thumb injury. He should be back in the minimum minimum, minimum, minimum amount of time. Uh, but it gives MJ Melendez a nice little window to show us what he has. And perhaps if he continues to rake, then Melendez will get the primary shares of catcher and move Salvi off catcher a bit back to DH, uh, where he had success last year. Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers is out a little bit longer than expected. He was supposed to be back right after his 10-day stint, but now it looks like he is going to be out until late June. So he's going to be out for a few weeks more. Um, sucks because I've got Kershaw in a lot of places. And then we've got, still with the Dodgers, Andrew Haney has been throwing some bullpens and should be close to a rehab assignment. So he'll probably need two or three starts Uh Probably closer to th- probably three starts in the minors before he's back, so he'll be back in two or three weeks probably. Uh, Marlins, I already mentioned, Jesus Lizardo hit the IL with a forearm injury, which is very scary. Um, I don't really get this. They're thinking he's going to be back in a couple weeks, but I think it's a little hopeful for a forearm strain. Uh, I don't know. Be careful, Marlins. And then we've got Willie Adames with the Brewers. Placed on the IL with a high ankle sprain and is listed to come back as soon as he's eligible. Um, I don't understand that because Hanniger also has a high ankle sprain and he's supposed to be out for like 10 weeks. So I'd expect Adames to be out for a while. Probably closer to six to eight weeks, which is really a shame because he's been playing lights out. Um, and with the, the weather starting to warm up, I really think he'd be coming on even harder. Um, and he was awesome last year too. And I've got him in a lot of spots as well. So, poo-poo for me. Uh, Chris Paddock is out for the season with Tommy John surgery. Probably will be out for most of next season as well. Same thing with Luis Heal with the Yankees. Also out for the season with Tommy John surgery. Same kind of timeline with Paddock. And Josh Winder, going back to the Twins, uh, who was on my Deep League ads list last week, was placed on the IL for a shoulder impingement. 
So Winder is on the IL. Uh, sorry if you added him and then he got hurt, but just throw him on the IL spot, and I would hold on to him if you have IL spots in your league. Chad Green was placed on the IL with an elbow sprain, so that's not looking good. He's probably going to be out for a while, um, but that also means that Holmes is pretty locked in as the next man up behind Chapman if Chapman continues to go down the road of blow-up after blow-up. Kyle Lewis, outfielder with the Mariners. I think he's going to be primarily DH when he returns, but he is going to be back Monday because his rehab assignment is over this weekend, so he has to be back Monday. And he's been having a really good rehab assignment, too. If you look at his numbers, like he's doing really well. So uh, if you need an outfielder, especially in like five outfielder leagues, I would go grab Kyle Lewis if he's available, but he's not available in most leagues. He's already being held in deeper leagues. Um, Max Scherzer with the Mets hit the IL. I was watching this game live with an oblique lower back issue and is not expected to return until July. And it's funny, like when they took him out, they're like, oh, it's not that bad, just a little back thing. But, I mean, I guess it's not bad for a pitcher because you'd rather that than an arm injury. But um, he's out for a while. I mean, we've seen what backs have, back injuries have done just watching Kershaw. Uh, Tyler McGill is teammate is also out for the next couple of weeks with a bicep issue. Scooble, who I already mentioned, was hit by a comeback the other day, but it appears it's only a bruise and he should be able to make his next start. Um, but just keep an eye on Scooble because it's possible he misses a couple starts and hits the IL. But uh, he's supposed to be back for his next start right now. Dalton Jeffries with the ace is out with thoracic outlet syndrome, which is really bad for pitchers. It's like worse than Tommy John surgery. So... It's hard to come back from that. I think Strasburg is coming back from that right now. And there have not been a lot of successful returns from thoracic outlet syndrome. I remember Chris Carpenter had that back in the day as a Cardinals fan. Bryce Harper is is, is injured. He's been like day-to-day. He, has, he missed like five games with an elbow strain, even though he was destroying baseballs. like they, he, he messed up his, his elbow. They give him a PRP injection. He's mashing homers before the PRP injection, even with the elbow thing. I think it's, he might need like Tommy John. I don't know. But they, they did PRP. But he's been missing days since the PRP injection. I guess the shot bruised him up or something like that. But he was mashing before that. It's like, why mess with it? Almost just leave him at DH and don't even give him a shot. Just let him keep hitting taters because he's like on MVP level right now. Uh, talking about MVPs, Fernando Tatis Jr., has a target return date for June, so uh, late June. So he's a few weeks few weeks before the All-Star game. So we're about a month away from a Fernando Tatis Jr. return where he's going to start lighting baseball on fire again. Um, probably start looking for some minor league stuff for him in the next week or two. And still in the Padres, we have uh, Baez and Morjone, who were big prospects a year ago, uh, are both coming off Tommy John, I believe, and they could both – provide some relief help later in the year. I think they're both in like double A right now on rehab assignments. Um, Cardinals, Tyler O'Neill placed on the IL, the shoulder injury. And we'll see if this is like a fakey injury just to get him on the IL so that he can stop hurting the team and uh, maybe like get his head right. Or if this was a real injury and maybe it was actually affecting him. But the good news, if you own O'Neill is you don't have to continue suffering. Just throw him on the IL and watch him as he comes back to see if he can come back strong. And last injury note is second baseman Brandon Lau with the Rays will be out for around 46 weeks with a lower back injury. Um, so that opens up some playing time, I guess, for Taylor Walls uh, to start every day or Brujan. We'll see what happens. Or maybe they'll platoon it's the Rays, so they'll probably do some Rays things. And that will end our injury note section. So let's get into standard waiver ads as I take a sip of coffee. All right, my number one. Standard waiver ad is Alec Thomas. He's getting up there in ownership, so if you have a shot to pick up Alec Thomas, go do it. Thomas has one of the lowest floors of any prospect in baseball. Uh, right now, like I said, I think he's like hitting like 333 or three homers uh, from the nine hole, but he should be like a 280, 300 hitter who can do 15-15 or 20-20, maybe in a peak year, like 25-20 even. Um, so he's solid, like high floor. I go get Alec Thomas if you can. Number two, I have Joan Duran with the Twins. Duran has two saves now and is easily one of the best relievers in baseball stuff-wise. 
the 34 4K minus walk rate, 36.1 CSW. Um, kind of reminds me of Josh Hader, who was in that flex role before he really got cemented into being the closer, doing like multiple inning stuff. Helsley is kind of in that same range who we'll get into talking about. But if you can get Duran, pick him up. He has only a couple saves, but he should be racking up more. Uh, third, we have Juan Yepes, who I have listed as a first baseman with the Cardinals, but I think he's going to get outfield eligibility today. I think this is going to be his 10th game. It's really good news because I have Yepes in some NFBC leagues, and I can finally move him to the outfield. I have him in TGFBI. I have been waiting for this. So Yepes going to be getting in the outfield. He's been doing great. Uh, I think he's hitting like every game but one since he was called up. So, And he's hitting fifth in the Cardinals lineup. He's got Goldie, Arenado, Edmund in front of him. So he's going to have a lot of setup for RBI, big RBI opportunities hitting fifth in this lineup. Um, there's a lot of Cardinals, by the way, in this. And it's not it's not like that's me just being a Cardinals fan. Just all, the Cardinals are playing really well right now. They have a lot of good players who are available still in leagues. So number four, we've got relief pitcher Ryan Helsley. He got saved the other day for the Cardinals. Um, kind of... Interesting. The Cardinals had Gallegos get a five-inning save the other day, and then Helsley, I think, came in for like a four-inning, or not five-inning, sorry, five-batter five save. And then Helsley, I think, had like a four-batter save. So it's possible they just alternate and pitch more than an inning. They could just alternate Gallegos, Helsley, Gallegos, Helsley, and give them more rest. Because Helsley is better when he's pitching off of a full day of rest, at least a full day of rest, and Gallegos as well. So maybe they'll just alternate save ops if the Cardinals keep winning, that is. Um, and swap. And where they both don't play the same game, but they just both go like an inning and a half. Kind of like setup slash closer at the same time. But they're both resting. That's that's what I see them doing right now anyway for the time being. Um, but Helsley, still really good stuff. 48.9% K minus walk rate and a 33.8 CSW. So that's what's kind of going on with Helsley and Gallegos. Uh, number five, we have Manny Margot coming off the IL for the Rays. He is having a career year right now. I had him on this list last week, and then he went on the IL right when I put him on there. But he should be coming off the IL within the next few days as soon as he's eligible. And if you need an outfielder, it's worth grabbing Margot because he's playing very, very well. Number six, I have Grayson Rodriguez with the Orioles. He's already 52% owned in CBS leagues. And I think there's a solid chance with Rutschman coming up this weekend that Grayson is not far behind. I think within the next couple weeks or even sooner, we should see him up. He might even be up for his next start. Number seven, I have Mike Yastrzemski with the Giants. Yeah, he's got off to a little bit of a slow start. Didn't have the best year last year, but he's starting to pick it up. Uh, he's, if you look at his stats, he's not hitting for the power that he was a couple years ago. But he's hitting the ball hard, and he's, like, hitting very good contact. Like, he's turning into, like, more of, like, a line drive hitter. So he could be the type who hits this season, like, 280, 290 with 40 doubles and only, like, 20 bombs. Um, but that's very solid for back of the Giants lineup. So, yes, he's a nice player in deeper outfield leagues. Number eight, I have second baseman Nolan Gorman. Yes, another Cardinal. But he's just called up by the Cardinals. And um, he could be one of the better slugging second basemen in the league. Like, he kind of reminds me of a lefty Dan Ugla. And if you remember Dan Ugla, he had like five or six really, really good years with the Marlins and the Braves. It might have been more than that. It might have been like eight years. Really good. Uh, like 30 homer. Like, you know, he only had like 250, 260. But like 30 homers uh, for a second baseman, 30 to 40 homers. I think that's what we're going to see from Gorman is like a Dan Ugla-like career. Um, and he's still kind of young, too. But it does look like the Cardinals are going to be platooning him because he's been not very good against the lefties in his career in the minors. So I think that we'll see Gorman at second base against righties. And then when they're versus a lefty, Edmund will be at second, and Sosa will be at short is the move, I believe. We might see some Donovan mixed in there, too, because Donovan is really good, too. Uh, who we'll get into still later. I promise a lot of Cardinals here. Number nine, another Cardinal. Surprise, surprise. Outfielder Harrison Bader. If you need steals, uh, Bader has graduated because I had him on my deep league ads last week. Now he's in standard leagues. 
Uh, he had four steals this week, so he's up to 11 steals now on the year. And that's with a crappy Babbitt. He's only got a 265 Babbitt. And this is one of the fastest guys in the league. So this is a guy who should have like a 330-plus Babbitt just based on his speed. Um, so I think that there's – with like considering that, like Bader could get 30 or 40 steals this year uh, if he continues doing what he's doing. And then the Babbitt uh, regresses to the norm. So I would add Bader if you need steals. And number 10, we've got Danny Jimenez, who's running away with that Athletics closer role. Bye-bye, Lou Trevino. Uh, Jimenez has been awesome. He's got a 304 Sierra, 0.55 ERA. So, I mean, there's going to be some regression back. Like, 0.55 ERA is completely unrealistic with a 304 Sierra. So he's still good, but he has a 37-1 CSW. So, like, he's going to be good. He's not going to be as good as he has been, where he's, like, 8 for 8 on saves. He's going to have a, a blown save at some point. He's not going to be perfect. Um, but he's the closer. And if you need a closer and he's getting saves, like the Athletics have actually been getting some wins somehow, this crappy team. I guess everything has to get some wins. Um, go get Danny Jimenez if you need saves. He's definitely locked in as the closer for the A's. Okay, let me take another sip of coffee here, please. All right, 10 deep league ads. I cheated a little here on this first one. I've got catcher MJ Melendez with the Royals. He's 52% owned in CBS leagues. So I'm, I've been trying for the deep leagues to keep it 50% and under. Um, but I cheated here because I don't think people know that Salvi's hurt and Melendez is the starting catcher right now. So I wanted to put him on here. If you need a catcher, almost in any league, I would go get Melendez. And so, like, I would even bump Melendez into the standard league if I wanted to go from 10 to 11 players. But there's so many good players that I didn't want to leave any of those other guys that I named off. So just count Melendez as, like, number 11 in standard leagues. Um, if you need a catcher, any two-catcher league, go get him. Even 12-team leagues, I would go get Melendez as a catcher because, like, unless you have, like, Real Muto. And even Real Muto has been bad. But unless you have, like, Varsho or Real Muto, like, you could use Melendez. Or Rutschman, I guess. Um, number two, we've got Brooks Rayleigh with the Rays, who is like split closer. He's like their lefty closer. So basically they've got their lefty closer, and then Kittredge is like their righty closer. Uh, so they're just basically got like two guys splitting saves. Uh, but he's been good. Three saves, four holds, 25% K-minus walk rate, 30.6 CSW, Brooks Rayleigh. Number three, we have Kyle Bradish with the Orioles. Um, Bradish is start, still waiting for his stats to normalize a little bit. He has like a five ERA, but his underlying metrics are pretty good. He's got an 18.4 K minus walk rate in the three, four Sierra. Um, and then also they've got a nice home ballpark and he's got Rutschman behind the plate now, which can only help him because Rutschman is a good catcher. So, uh, and Bradish was used to throwing to Rutschman, I think last year. So I think now that he's got his battery mate back, that can only help him. Number four, I have Matthew Libertor with the Cardinals. He made his debut yesterday against the Pirates. He had a little bit of tough luck. He gave up four runs, but, like, a few of those runs were just, like, Corey Dickerson was playing left and Yepes was playing right. So you might as well have the Phillies defense out there. Because Yepes is, like, terrible. And he's in right field because Bader, I guess, got sick or something like that. So Carlson had to move to center, and they moved Yepes to right. And then uh, they moved... Um, Dickerson to left and Dickerson misplayed a, like something that should have been a double he completely misplayed it and Brian Reynolds had it in the park home run because Dickerson sucks defensively um, I don't even really know why he's on the team still because I think Newbar is probably better than Dickerson at this point and they've got Yepes and Donovan but and, and there's like Alec Burleson in the minors and Moises Gomez in the minors we'll get into some of these guys but um I don't even know why Dickerson's on the team. I guess because they paid him five mil. They got to try to get some money. Money's worth out of playing time, I suppose. Um, but Libertor, yes, another Cardinal. Number four, Deep Leagues. Number five, Deep Leagues, Danny Jansen. And I would even, if you need a catcher and Melendez is gone in any 12-team league, go get Jansen next. He's off the IL. He should be definitely owned in any 15-plus team league or any two-catcher league. Now he's off the IL. Number six, we have starting pitcher Chase Silseth. And this is bad on me. He was not on my prospect radar at all. Uh, I, he, he was just drafted last year, and the Angels already promoted him. But he's been awesome this year. Like, even last year, he wasn't very good in the minors, and he was playing, like, very low. So this guy came out of nowhere to me. 
But um, two starts in the majors this year. He's got a 32-8 CSW and a 368 Sierra. So he's, right now, while he's up, he's definitely worth owning um, in any league. Silseth. Kind of weird to say it, Silseth. Uh, like reminds me of like a Star Wars character or something. Uh, number seven, we've got Brandon Donovan, another Cardinal. He's multi-position eligible. He was playing every day until Gorman came up. I think he's going to be playing against the lefties. He's going to be like basically what Tommy Edmond was a couple of years ago. He can play any position, second, shortstop, third. I think he can even play catcher, they were saying, on the Cardinals broadcast, outfield. So he's like the backup catcher. So I think Kisner got hurt the other day. So he's like, I guess Yachty's backup right now. Um, but Donovan can play pretty much anywhere for the Cardinals and should be playing like five of every seven days, I would say. And uh, he's not a big power guy uh, if you look at his minors numbers. But this guy has great play discipline. So if you're in a points league, this is – or like Anu or something, like Donovan would be an awesome player to have just to fill in the hole whenever someone's sitting out because uh, he's got a 20% walk rate in the majors as a rookie right now. Um, he makes really good contact. So I think he's going to be a high average guy, high on base guy, uh, who can bring like 10 to 20 homer range power. Like he has decent power. Like just watching him, you can see he hits the ball hard. Um, he just hasn't hit a lot of homers in the minors. He's not one yet, as um, I don't know about steals, what he's going to really bring to the table. He's maybe he'll be like a 10 10 guy with like great at, with like hitting like 300, like 290 with a, 380 OBP, but that's very useful for like a multi-position eligible player that you can just fill in whenever you have um, a need. Perfect bench guy. Number eight, we have Rowan Wick with the Cubs. They actually blew the save the other day. Uh, so, sorry. <laughs> that's going to change these stats here. But uh, he was moved into the closer role, blew the save yesterday. So we'll see if Robertson gets it back. Um, so this might be outdated, but I've got Rowan Wick here at eight. If, you know, any any closer in a deep league is valuable, even if they're not the best. Number nine, I've got Cole Calhoun with the Rangers, who is breaking out. I added him into the leagues. You'll see below. We'll talk about that uh, before his breakout started. Um, he never really panned out with the Diamondbacks last year, um, but he looks like he's on one of those. Because if you remember when he was on the Angels, he'd get into these hot streaks. He's like on one of those hot streaks right now with the Rangers. Um, so if you need, to, if you're in a five outfielder league, I'd grab Calhoun. If you're in 15 team plus leagues, I'd grab Calhoun. I I have in leagues. Uh, number 10, last guy on the deep league ads. We've got Dane Dunning with the Rangers. Um, I think people don't want to add Dunning because he has glasses. <laughs> I don't know. Like when I when I maybe I'm like biased, but like when I open up a a picture of an athlete and they're wearing wearing glasses, like the goggles in their pictures. Like Zach Gallen, I'm just like, yeah, is this guy really good? Like, can he really throw hard? Doesn't look very athletic with those goggle things on his face. But uh, <laughs> Dunning is good. He's pretty good. Uh, he's like an above average Toby to steal a term from Nick Pollock from Pitcher List. Uh, he's he's a little bit better than most of the other Tobys. So go ahead and grab him if you need some innings in a deep league. And we will get into prospects in a second here as I take another drink of. Meh coffee. Alrighty. Top 10 redraft prospects. These are the guys that are not promoted yet uh, for redraft leagues only. Number one, I've got Grayson Rodriguez with the Orioles. Rutschman was called up yesterday, so Grayson should not be far behind. I'm expecting him to get called up sometime still in late May, so this month. Triple A stats, 37 and a third innings pitched. 29.7 K minus walk rate, 265 ERA, and 102 whip. Number two, I have starting pitcher Rowanzi Contreras with the Pirates, who is up to like 85 pitches now in the minors, so he might be another start away from rejoining the big league club, or he could be up next. So I, I think he's going to make one more or two more minor league starts before he's up, but he should be up in short order. I've got him early June, like probably first week of June. He could even come next week for all I know. But his AAA stats right now are 20 and a third innings pitched, 15.7 K minus walk rate, 266 ERA, and 118 whip. Number three, I've got Riley Green with the Tigers. We're getting closer to that Riley Green to turn, and he is really high on my prospect rankings, as you'll see when we get to them. Um, so the sooner we get to Riley Green to turn, the, so the higher Riley Green is going to crawl up this list. Um, he's 
playing in simulated games now, so he's probably like a few weeks away from a return. I think he was on the 60-day – actually, I don't think they – he was even promoted, so he was on the minor league IL. Um, but probably we'll see him play in AAA for two, three weeks, and then he'll be up in the majors, I think. Number four, we have Royce Lewis with the Twins. Yep, Lewis moving up high on here. I, he should be in the majors right now. I don't get why he's not in the majors. So I've got Lewis here. Hopefully the Twins wake up and promote him. Um, but I don't know. Either they're going to move Correa to third and just put Urshel on the bench, or they're going to move Lewis to other positions in the minors. We'll see what they do. But let's give it like a month until he comes back. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Royce Lewis' stats in AAA right now, 316 batting average, 431 OBP, 579 OPS, or slugging, sorry, with four homers and nine steals. Just money. This guy's money. Bring him up, twins. Uh, number five, we've got Joe Adele with the Angels. I mentioned I feel weird putting Adele here because he's lost his prospect status, but I'm keeping him here because he's in the minors, just tearing it up. And I have him under Royce Lewis as a stash. So I just want to show my stash rankings here. I've got Adele under Lewis as a stash, but he should be back probably around the same time as Royce Lewis, later June, or whenever they get an injury or whenever the Angels trade for Frankie Montas, trade Adele for Frankie Montas or whatever. Um, but Adele didn't have the best week last week. He did have a couple homers, but his batting average went down. OBP is still high, but he's got 256 average, 377 OBP, 744 slugging with five homers and a steal for right now at AAA. Number six, I moved Max Meyer down. He's in my number one spot last week because he went on the IL. I thought he was going to get promoted for Lazardo last week, um, but then he got blown up and then got placed on the IL. So we'll see when he comes back. He's probably going to still need two, three, four starts now uh, to show that, hey, the blow up was part of the injury. It wasn't something with his stuff. Uh, it really destroyed his stats. Like If you look at the stats that I had on here last week compared to what they are now, You'll see. I just have Max Myers a late June call him now. Um, but he's got 39 two-thirds innings pitched at AAA with an 18.2% K minus walk rate, 454 ERA. Yeah, he's at like, I think he was under two last week. And he had an under one whip. Now his whip is 116. So that blow up last week really messed his stats up. But I'm going to attribute that to the injury. Number seven, we have outfielder Josh Lowe with the Rays. With Brandon Lau, unrelated. Coming, uh, getting placed on the IL, Lowe's return might be sooner rather than later, even though he plays a different position. Um, but Lowe has had some K problems at the major league level and at AAA this year. So, in, like, they're worse than Adele's. Uh, he makes Joe Adele look like Williams Estadio. So I think we need to have Josh Lowe fix that K rate before he comes back up. Um, regardless, though, he's still posting good numbers. He's got a 276 average. 338 OBP, 586 OP, or slugging. So even with the crappy K rate, he's still putting up some solid numbers. Four homers, two steals. That just goes to show he's a very great power speed threat. He's just got to get that play discipline issue uh, worked out. Number eight, uh, play discipline is this guy's number one thing. Um, Cal Mitchell with the Pirates. Uh, very good job of walking and not striking out. He should be up soon, this guy. Like, they have this Sawinski guy up who sucks. I don't get it. Uh, Cal Mitchell should be up. I even have him coming up before O'Neill Cruz. He should be up in early June, I would say. Um, but he's kind of like an Alec Thomas light. He's like Alec Thomas without the pedigree. So I expect him to post a high average, like 280 average in the majors, good plate discipline, good OBP with 15-15 type stuff. Um, in AAA right now, he's hitting 299, 362 OBP, 487 slug, with five homers and six steals. Number nine, I've got shortstop O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates. Starting to finally heat up. Uh, maybe Mitchell and Cruz and Rolanzi all come up together even. Um, but Cruz is starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, I have him coming up in early June. He's got a 195 average, 322 OBP, 336 slug, with three homers and nine steals. And number 10, I've got D.L. Hall with the Orioles, who is not doing – he he's only has a couple starts in AAA. So these are small sample sizes. He was doing fine before he hit AAA, uh, striking tons of guys out at high AA when he was coming up with Adley. 
I think with Adley up in the majors, uh, Hall should be behind shortly. I think he will be behind Grayson, though. Um, but he's a lefty that throws 100 miles per hour. Crazy good stuff. Has some control issues. Um, but here's his AAA stats. But don't let this change your opinion on D.L. Hall. Just look at his Fangraphs page if you want to see what this guy's capable of. Uh, he's got a 9 and 2 thirds innings pitch in AAA right now. 15.2% K minus walk rate. 652 ERA and 1.66 whip. Like I said, small sample size. So don't judge him based on those stats. Um, honorable mention players here. We've got shortstop C.J. Abrams with the Padres. I think he's going to be up at the end of the year. He's not going to come back until, like, the rosters expand, I don't think, if even. First baseman Tristan Casas with the Red Sox, who should be up in, like, July. Outfielder Jared Kalanick with the Mariners, who won't be up until he shows he's capable of uh, maintaining support. So he's he's going to be down for a couple months, I think, at least, Kalanick. We might see him back up in, like, late July or August. And he really needs to start tearing it up down there, too. Third baseman, Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers, who won't come up until Justin Turner gets hurt or until rosters expand at the end of the year, I think. Outfielder Kyle Stowers with the Orioles, who would come up sooner than most of these other guys, I think. Starting pitcher, Cole Wynn with the Rangers. Um, graduated this week, Adley Rutschman, Nolan Gorman, and Matthew Libertor, as already mentioned. And already graduated this year, we've got Witt, J-Rod, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Bryson Stott, Mackenzie Gore, Vidal Brujan, Kyle Bradish, Jose Miranda, MJ Melendez, and George Kirby. And before we get into my deep look this week, which is Dynasty Prospects, I know this is a longer podcast, but it's going to be worth it for you coming up here. Um, hopefully it already was with my waiver ads and my top 10 redraft prospect rankings, but we're going to get into my top 25 prospects for Dynasty Leagues uh, coming up here, and then we're going to get into a deep dive also of 10 prospect risers who are not in the top 25, but who are big guys to watch out for. Um, so we got a lot of prospect stuff coming up here, so hang in there. I know it's a long pod, but it's worth it for you, trust me. Um, and then after that, we'll get into the moves made this year, and I'm going to take another drink of coffee. I know you guys love listening to that. Okay. So, here are my 2022 mid-May top 25 prospect rankings now that we've had some graduates. Number one, outfielder Riley Green with the Tigers. I have him coming up in 2022. Number two, catcher Adley Rutschman with the Orioles. I have him coming up in 2022. Just came up. Uh, number three, outfielder Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks. He will be up probably in 2023. Number four, Starting pitcher Grayson Rodriguez with the Orioles. He will be up in 2022. Number five, third baseman Jordan Walker with the Cardinals. I have him coming up in 2023. I'm really high on Jordan Walker, guys. That's not just me being a Cardinals fan. Just what he's doing for his age, double A right now, just ridiculous. This guy is going to be a superstar. He's going to be like the next Juan Soto. Number six, shortstop. Marco Luciano with the Giants. I have him coming up in 2023. Number seven, starting pitcher Max Meyer with the Marlins, 2022. Number eight, outfielder Robert Hassel III with the Padres, 2023. Number nine, shortstop Noel V. Marte with the Mariners, 2023. Number 10, outfielder Alec Thomas with the Diamondbacks. He's already up. Number 11, shortstop C.J. Abrams with the Padres. He'll be back in 22. Number 12, shortstop Anthony Volpe with the, Yan with the Yankees, 2023. Number 13, first baseman Tristan Casas with the Red Sox, 2022. Number 14, second baseman Nolan Gorman with the Cardinals. He's already up. Number 15, starting pitcher George Kirby with the Mariners. He's already up. And something to keep in mind as I'm reading these, these are for fantasy. This is not based on real-life prospect rankings. These are fantasy baseball effectiveness. So that's why I have a guy like Nolan Gorman so high uh, compared to where someone else might have Nolan Gorman in a real-life ranking because for a fantasy second baseman to hit that many homers is going to be very valuable to you. Number 16, shortstop Royce Lewis with the Twins. He'll be back this year. Number 17, catcher MJ Melendez with the Royals. He's already up. Number 18, third baseman Josh Young with the Rangers. He would have come up. He'd be up right now if he hadn't gotten hurt. But I have him in 2023 because I think he's going to miss the most of the season this year. 
and he'll probably rehab in the minors instead of coming up because I don't think the Rangers are going to be making a playoff run, so they won't be bringing him up. He'll probably start the year next year with the big league club, though. Number 19, starting pitcher Daniel Espino with the Guardians, 2023. Number 20, starting pitcher Yuri Perez with the Marlins, 2023. Number 21, shortstop O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates, soon. Number 22, catcher Gabriel Moreno with the Blue Jays, 2022. Number 23, Francisco Alvarez with the Mets, 2023. Number 24, I have shortstop Ezekiel Tovar with the Rockies. 2023 and number five, 25 outfielder Josh Lowe with the Rays he'll be back in 2022 so those are my top 25 dynasty prospect rankings for fantasy baseball next we're gonna get into our top 10 deep dive prospect risers these are 10 guys that are not on my top 25 list that are moving up the rankings that you should be keeping your eye on if you're in dynasty or prospect deep leagues keeper leagues. And I'm going to take another drink of coffee before I get into those. Okay, so let's get into our top 10 deep prospect risers. Number one is shortstop Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles. So I know a lot of this is like very Orioles, Pirates, and Cardinals centric, and even the Guardians. These are like these four teams that have really crazy deep, good minor league systems right now. So Gunnar Henderson moved up my board. He barely missed the top 25. He would have been number 26. But he's really taken a step forward at double A with this following stat line. I've got him, by the way, promotion date of 2023. But these are his double A stats right now. He's hitting 300 with a 457 OBP, a 555 slug, seven homers, and 12 steals. Some of these guys have super crazy numbers, by the way. So you say seven homers and 12 steals. Holy crap. With that line. Just wait. Most of these guys have just like out-of-this-world numbers. Number two, we have third baseman and outfielder. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Sedane Rafaela with the Red Sox. I had never heard of this guy before this season, but he's getting comps to Mookie Betts right now with the Red Sox. And if you remember, Mookie was not a highly rated prospect. He just came up and started destroying. Uh, He also had great stats in the minors. But I have him coming up probably in 2024. And his 2022 high A stats right now, 314 average, 356 OBP, 582 slug, 9 homers, and 11 steals. So, like I told you, all these guys have crazy stats. Number three, starting pitcher Gavin Williams with the Guardians. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's ready to move up to double A. He's pitching in high A right now. I've got him in promotion day for 2023. And the Guardians with Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams are, like, behind – I mean, like, they, they might not need to re-sign Beaver. They could just let Beaver go, I guess. Um, but estimated promotion day 2023. Here are his high A stats. 35 innings pitched, 30% K minus walk rate, 154 ERA, and a .86 whip. So, yeah, he's ready to move to double A. Number four, I've got Brian Bello with the Red Sox. And I think he's going to come up this year, late 2022. Um, Probably not as a starter. I think that we could see Bello come up if the Red Sox make a push for the playoffs to be like a Shane McClanahan where he's pitching out of the bullpen at the end of the year or like Adam Wainwright in his rookie season. Um, that's what I would like. But that's what I think we're going to see from Bello because they are the Red Sox already have so many starters that like Willock and Hawk are doing like weird piggyback things. Um, but at AAA, he just got promoted from AA to AAA. So he only has made one start so far at AAA, but he's got six innings pitched, 36K minus walk rate, three ERA, 117 whip. And his AA stats were really good. If you want to look him up on Fangraphs or whatever. Number five, we have shortstop Jordan Lawler with the Diamondbacks, who was just drafted this last year. He was one of the big three high school shortstops. I guess big four if you count Brady House. Uh, so he's one of the big four high school shortstops. He's already dominating A ball. And I think he's going to move to high A at some point this year. So he could be on that Jordan Walker track. Uh, where he could be promoted in 2024, even though he was a high schooler last year. So these are his stats from low A. 339 batting average, 451 OBP, and 559 OPS, with six homers and 18 steals. 18 steals. Yeah, I know it's way easier to steal bases in the lower minors. So this next guy we're going to talk about, 
is at double A right now. And that's outfielder Estuary Ruiz with the Padres. And uh, when I look at Ruiz, I kind of see him as like a hybrid between Jonathan VR and Starling Marte. I think that he's not going to, he puts up numbers right now in the minors like Marte, but I don't think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to be like, like a career between VR and Marte where he might have these like ridiculous, a few ridiculous seasons, but I don't think he's going to be as consistent as career as Marte. Could be wrong though. I mean, he's a prospect. He can completely shove in my face. Um, but if you want one of these high steel guy, this guy right now at double A, and he's probably a 2023 guy, by the way, but this guy at double A right now, he's hitting 348 with a 494 OBP, 585 OPS, five home runs, and 27 steals. Yes, it's mid May, and he has 27 steals already at double A. That's not like he's not, he's not doing that in, in rookie ball or low A. At double A, 27 steals. Guy's on pace for like 100 steals right now in the minors. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. That's video game numbers. We'll see where he's at at the end of the year. I mean, like, he should be a triple A probably in the next month or so. He should be promoted to triple A. And we'll probably see him next year with the Padres. But, like, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, number seven. Another Cardinal, and we've got three Cardinals in a row here. Like I said, a lot of Cardinals. Uh, shortstop, number seven, Mason Wynn with the Cardinals. He is in high A. He's, I know he's good friends with Jordan Walker. Uh, he's only 20 years old, uh, but he's doing everything he can to, to try to get up to double A right now. And I see Mason Wynn with a future as like a, as a future Whit Merrifield, but a shortstop. I think he's going to be promoted somewhere in the end of 2023 to the majors. Uh, but his stats right now in high A, 355 batting average, 416 OBP, 579 OPS, one homer and 15 steals. So he's not quite on that Asturi Ruiz level, but he's also a couple years younger. Number eight, starting pitcher Gordon Graceffo with the Cardinals. Um, like I said, I'm a Cardinals fan, um, and I'm not trying to blow this up all Cardinals, but um, I never heard of this guy even before this year. But at high A right now, so this guy should be moving to double A because listen to these stats at high A. He needs to move to double A. Uh, but at high A, he's got 45 and two-thirds innings pitched, 31.5 K-minus walk rate, 0.99 ERA, and a 0.68 whip. So, yeah, he should be at double A right now. Um, I haven't been promoted in 2024 uh, just because the Cardinals like to hold guys down a little bit longer than necessary. And I think they're going to want to keep him as a starter and not bring him up as a reliever. So he'll probably be like a 2024 guy. But that also depends on injuries and whatnot. So the Cardinals kind of have a set rotation already moving the next year, even with Wainwright probably retiring because they're going to have Flaherty, Libertor, uh, Hudson, Matt, Hicks. So um, they already have some guys like Thompson at AAA and, Oviedo, so they already have some depth guys in front of Graceffo. Um, Number nine, another Cardinal, outfielder Moises Gomez. A lot of you have probably already heard of Gomez on like other prospect shows, but Gomez was on the Rays last year. They dropped him. They DFA'd him. And I think he's just really hitting into the Jeff Albert hitting program. Uh, Jeff Albert, he had a slow start of the Cardinals. Everyone was like wanted and fired because – Cardinals hitters were so crappy the last few years. Um, but all these minor leaguers coming up under this Jeff Albert hitting program have been fire. So Moises Gomez, estimated promotion date of 2023. Double A right now. He's hitting 333, 397 OBP, 802 slug, 17 homers, and two steals. And then uh, number 10, we've got Ricky Tedeman with the Blue Jays, starting pitcher. It's kind of... Reminds me of Scott Tenerman for you South Park fans. Scott Tenerman must die. So uh, <laughs> uh, this this kid, uh, Ricky Tiedemann, not Scott Tenerman, <laughs> is showing some, not going to think of me, his family. Uh, this kid, though, he's showing some really good stuff. He just got promoted from A-ball to high A. Young kid. Estimated promotion date of 2024. But his small sample size is high A. You can look him up on fan graphs. He got four and two-thirds innings pitched, 36-8 K-minus walk rate, a 193 ERA, and a .86 whip. 
So those are our deep dives into the prospects. Um, we already went through our top 25 prospect rankings. Now let me get into some moves I made this week. I did make a lot. Um, CBS Memorial Magazine League. I added Danny Jansen for $1, Dylan Carlson for $0, and William Contreras for $0. Contreras was my backup in case I didn't get Jansen, so I just dropped uh, Contreras. Um, and then this week right now I have five claims in. So I don't want to give anything away. You can come back and see what I did next week. TGFBI, I lost a bid on Danny Jansen for $17. I did win a bid for $8 on Luis Barrera. Lost a $6 bid on Brooks Rayleigh. Then I won a $3 bid on Tyler Wells. Um, I have 24 bids in this week because I was ranked in first for the last few weeks in TGFBI. And now I'm down to like fourth or fifth. Uh, so I have 24 bids in. I need some some big help. Hopefully, yep, as I can move to the outfield. And I've got uh, Kyle Lewis finally coming back to help my outfield. So I got some big things brewing in TGFBI. The Kershaw injury hurt me. He bazzed back. And I'm kind of sick on waiting in, on Steven Strasburg because he was supposed to be back really early in the season whenever you're drafting in TGFBI. And he just keeps getting pushed further and further back. My international 20-team league, I made one small move. I dropped Miguel Vargas, who I was holding. Uh, as a prospect hold for Cole Calhoun, right as the binge was starting. Um, that's really helped me. I'm winning 16-2 to two this week, and I'm in first in that league. And uh, made a lot of moves in my Dynasty home league. So get ready for some of these trades here. So I added Jorge Soler for Tanner Hawk at the beginning of the week. And then I traded a 16th round keeper, Joe Ryan, a 23rd round keeper, Jared Klenick, and a 14th round keeper, Spencer Torkelson, for non-keeper Christian Yelich. I needed some offense in this league, and I had a ton of pitching. Um, the, I didn't really mind trading Kalanick and Torkelson in this deal because they're kind of clogging up my roster, and I already had a full prospect hold. We can only keep five uh, NA players in this league, so I got five minor leaguers, which is already full. So when Kalanick got demoted, uh, I also had Royce Lewis get demoted, so it kind of put me in a crunch. So I didn't really mind moving Kalanick and Torque. Um, even if they do blow up in the future, I have enough prospects to cover for them. Um, but moving Joe Ryan was a little tough, especially after the second trade. I moved a 23rd round Alec Manoa, who was probably out of ranked him as like my fourth best keeper or third best keeper behind like Kyle Tucker, Shane McClanahan, and maybe Pete Alonzo. Um, so he was probably my third or fourth best keeper, 23rd round Alec Manoa. So drafting or trading really good keeper here for me. I also traded 25th round Ryan Helsley. So for trading Manoa, I had to get a lot back, right? I had 11th round Julio Rodriguez, a 20th round Grayson Rodriguez, and a 25th round Jordan Walker. So you guys already know, based on my prospect rankings, how high I am on Jordan Walker. And Julio Rodriguez has been tearing it up. I think he's going to be a beast. Um, he already is turning into one. And then Grayson Rodriguez, I think, could be better than Manoa once he comes up. Because Manoa's great. Like, he's awesome at limiting contact. Big guy. I love that. He's going to pitch a lot of innings. Pitched eight innings yesterday. Like, I, I love Manoa. But he's not going to get you super strikeouts like McClanahan and like what I think Grayson Rodriguez can do. So I think long-term, even though it really hurts me right now to lose Manoa and Ryan at the same time, um, once Grayson comes up, which I think should be shortly, like, this trade is going to be kind of a no -brainer. I'm basically trading... Ryan and Manoa for, because I can lose Helsley, it's fine. I picked up Connor Seawald on, on uh, waivers. Um, so moving Ryan and Manoa for basically J-Rod, Yelich, and Grayson Rodriguez really boosted my offense. And I think that G-Rod is going to take over, at least for, for Joe Ryan. Maybe he can help cover Manoa this year. Uh, and I've got Flaherty on the IL coming back hopefully soon. I still have James Paxson as an IL stash too. And I've got Max Meyer on my bench in, in the minors right now. So I have some pitching to help cover for this uh, loss on my pitching here. And I also had a third trade lined up actually where I was going to trade uh, Jack Flaherty for Max Scherzer. My injured Jack Flaherty 19th round keeper for Max Scherzer who's not a non-keeper. Um, but then Scherzer got hurt. So that would have really cemented it. It's like I lose Manoa and Ryan, but then I gain Scherzer and then Grayson. 
Rodriguez to cover later for my keeper. Um, that would have been phenomenal. But then the Scherzer got hurt. Literally, like, the, like as I was negotiating this trade, Scherzer got hurt. And so that ruined that trade, unfortunately. I think I said Connor Seawald. Paul Seawald. Sorry. Um, but those are the moves I made this week. So you see, I actually practice what I, what I preach uh, when I make these moves. And I'm down for big trades. Uh, let me know what you think about my trades, by the way. After you listen to this pod, hit me on Twitter. At uh, Fantasy Aceball. Follow me on Twitter. Please retweet my podcast, like my stuff. And uh, you can also read my content at Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Justin Mason hooked me up there with an account. Thank you, Justin, for letting me continue to post and uh, for supporting me. Uh, so please uh, follow me on Twitter. Give me a five-star review if my podcast is helpful. and Get me out there. Uh, I know you want to, like, when you hear nuggets like this, like my prospect rankings and all these under-the-radar prospects and stuff like that, you don't want to blast that out because you don't want your rival league mates and your friends and stuff to steal guys from you. But please do it. Um, I'm not getting paid anything. You know there's no ads on this pod. And uh, literally right now my wife is watching my babies as I'm doing this. So, like, I've got to convince her to keep letting me do this. So please leave me a five-star review. Like my stuff. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, thank you for the support. I really appreciate any support that I get. Um, And also, like I said, read my stuff on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Every week I've got my weekly column and weekly podcast. Thanks for listening.